Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is available for free at thejazzsession.com. You'll also find links there to follow the show in iTunes, using an RSS reader, on Twitter, or on Facebook. So please do any or all of those things that suit you. And there's also a mailing list for the show, which is a great way to stay in touch with the show. You'll get one email each Monday with the newsletter, which tells you who's coming up on the show. And it also gives you links to things like photos that I shoot around town at different jazz clubs and just information about some of the artists who are on tour and that kind of thing. So to stay in touch, please do become a member of the mailing list. You'll find the link to do that at thejazzsession.com. My thanks to the Respect Sextet, who recorded the theme music for this program. They're online at respectsextet.com. They've got a bunch of records, and they're all wonderful, and you should check them out. And they'll have a live album coming out pretty soon, too, uh, recorded uh, not too long ago, right, in Manhattan. Thanks also to Dave Rabel, who designed the show's logo, and he tweets about all things, and he does it in a funny way at twitter.com slash Dave Vrabel, V-R-A-B-E-L. I lived briefly in Saratoga Springs, New York, and that is the site of the annual Fryhofer's Saratoga Jazz Festival, which has been going on for a long time now. And to give you a preview of what's happening at the festival this year, which takes place uh, later this month of June, I had the chance to speak to Danny Melnick, and he's the producer and artistic director of the festival. Danny mentions in the interview the various ways in which Ben Allison is involved in this year's festival. And so why don't we start with a tune from Ben's new album, Action Refraction. And actually, uh, if you look in the show notes of this episode, the Saratoga Jazz Fest Danny Melnick episode, you will see links to all of the artists who are appearing at Saratoga who have appeared on the jazz session. So if you want to hear interviews with the artists who are at this year's Saratoga Jazz Fest, just go to thejazzsession.com, look at the show notes, and you'll see a link to each interview by an artist, such as Ben Allison, who's appearing at the festival this year. So it's a great way, in addition to uh, the festival's own website, which is also linked in the show notes, a great way to learn more about those artists uh, if you're planning on going. Or if you need to be pushed over the edge and convinced to go, you might... Find that there's something that really speaks to you in those interviews. In any case, here's Ben Allison from uh, one of my favorite records so far this year called Action Refraction.
My guest is Danny Melnick, the producer and artistic director of the Freihofer Saratoga Jazz Festival. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So uh, I want to talk some about your history as well, because although that's your, your current hat, you've worn others in the past, and you've been responsible for bringing thousands and thousands of full stages of musicians <laughs> to, to uh, an appreciative audience. I have. Um, I worked for George Ween at Festival Productions for about 17 years. Uh, actually, in the middle of that time, I was a booking agent for Ted Carland Associates in Boston from 96 to 98 and wound up back in New York, um, back with George from uh, 98 to uh, basically 07 when he sold the company. And I've worked on um, probably just over 100 festivals in my lifetime already and tons and tons of concerts and special events and you know all sorts of things. And yet you're still like walking around and taking nourishment and stringing sentences together. I am. <laughs> it uh, goes in waves depending on what time of year it is and, and what time zone I'm in. Um, it's been uh, really an incredible, amazing life. And I'm very, very fortunate and feel extremely lucky. Um, I've always wanted to do this, and as I've been doing it all these years, it's kind of weird that, in some, in some ways for me, that it's actually been happening. But I'm a very strong believer in um, being very focused and really, um, you know, not thinking no. You know, that's sort of not really in my mind. I don't really think like that. And so, uh, getting going from job to job, and, and you know, starting in high school at a record store and. I actually did an internship in the music business in London during college, and I worked at a jazz club in D.C. when I was in college and came back home to New York and got a job at the Blue Note. And things have just sort of happened, you know, and, um, you know, certainly a tremendous amount of hard work. But it's been fantastic, and I've I've worked with uh, so many unbelievably, amazingly talented artists and legends and, and, you know, up-and-comers at the same time. And... It's all been great. I mean, it's just the music is what it's all about for me. You know. Do you feel like being in the position that you've been in, you've had a chance to kind of watch the arc of this music as it's developed over the last couple of decades? I have. You know, I'm going to be 44 years old in July, and um, I started working for George about um, 10 months after I graduated college. I worked at the Blue Note for like about nine months or so, and and uh, wound up at Festival Productions in the spring of 1990. And I just want to interrupt you quickly just to tell folks who George Ween is, in case anybody doesn't know, okay. the man behind the Newport Jazz Festival and the Care Fusion Jazz Festival and thousands and thousands of concerts. Yeah, he created and, uh, Newport Jazz and Newport Folk. He created the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. He created the Saratoga Festival that we're talking about right. today. Um, many, many concerts, multiple awards, You know, been honored at the White House multiple times. Um, George is now 85 years old. He still runs the Newport festivals, and um, he is, uh, you know, the the granddaddy of them all. And um, actually, if 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 your listeners are interested, George has an amazing autobiography that came out a few years ago that sure Nate and you know wrote with him, and it's a brilliant book. And it's really, as someone who knows George as well as I do, it's really his voice. So it, as a reader. Um, you know, if you're if you don't know George and you're reading the book, you could, you really could get a sense of him and him speaking and him thinking and him telling these stories about Monk and Miles and Sarah sure. Vaughan and all these people. It's amazing. And I'm sorry I interrupted you. You were talking about kind of the arc of the yeah the arc of music. So when I started working for George in 1990, I will say that there were a tremendous amount of really famous jazz legends who were still living and still playing. And at that time, within the first year that I was at the Blue Note and my first year at Festival Productions, I was involved with concerts and club dates with Art Blakey, 
Joe Williams, Billy Eckstein, Sarah Vaughn, Carmen McRae, Ella Fitzgerald, Miles, Dizzy, and so many other musicians, so many other amazingly huge, big, like larger-than-life people, Tito Puente and Mel Torme, and they're all gone. They So when I started out, like, I was too young. I never saw Basie. I never saw Monk. I never saw, obviously, never saw Coltrane and, you know, Louis Armstrong and, you know, uh, obviously Dexter Gordon. I mean, these artists had passed before I really got my start. But even in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, there were just so many amazing, huge, bigger-than-life people that were – with us and we used to do these massive concerts at Carnegie Hall and Avery Fisher Hall here in New York and all these things at Newport and what have you that were just selling out constantly and you know and and as the artist passed away all of that that experience and all of that energy and that scene had really just sort of like vanished in front of our eyes at the same time that that was happening Winton and the whole sort of there was a very famous uh, unfortunately passed away a few years ago but a famous uh record producer at Columbia Records, George Butler, who was a great executive, sort of created the whole Young Lions thing. And he and others, um, you know, in the field uh, signed all of these these amazing young beboppers that were, were sort of in Winton's world and coming off that. And that was all just starting then. You know, like they were like kids and they were kind of my age, maybe even a little younger. And now a large majority of them are still playing, are still successful, have grown throughout their careers, have become teachers and have become parents and, and are really kind of like in the forefront of jazz, and at least in the center of jazz. And then, of course, since then, all of these new guys and ladies have come up and have just exploded onto the scene. Now, there's no doubt that the business of jazz and the scene of jazz is not as financially amazing as it was at the time. You know, there aren't uh, many artists really that can sell Carnegie Hall or can sell, you know, Avery Fisher Hall or the Beacon Theater. But uh, there are still a bunch. And I think the Performing Arts Center scene throughout the country and the festival scene seems very healthy so that those types of organizations are able to present jazz and, and different you know, uh, pairings of jazz artists, whether it's double bills or all-star programs or whatever it might be. And I do feel, generally speaking, that, that it's, as health, as, it's as healthy as I think it can be. And I think the talent is just unbelievable. The artistry, for me, to be able to go out to the clubs and to learn about these cats now that are in their teens and early 20s, I feel old right now. It's weird, you know, but like these guys and the and and one of the things that I love so much about the scene right now is that there's a tremendous amount of uh, international multicultural influence that's going on with the music like never seen before. Musicians from all over the world that are playing jazz and collaborating with each other. And I happen to think that while there might not be a lot of standards going on right now necessarily in tunes that everybody's so familiar with, I do think that the composing generally speaking in jazz right now particularly here in new york is really really deep i mean i just think that there are cats like daphne's prieto and and uh kendrick scott i mean particularly with the drummers you know and and others rujesh mahapapa vijay you know these cats are all just they're writing amazing music and to me that's really exciting um because there's so much originality and there's so much personality coming out uh, in the music, and I think that um, uh, it's just it's awesome, you know, as a listener and as a fan and as a producer, it's really really exciting. Mm-hmm. 
during the same time that you're talking about, we've also seen the rise of, of jazz schools from, you know, a few to in every city of any size across the country. Has that had any impact on who comes to these shows or who you can reach out I to? I think so. I think, you know, it's an interesting thing. The debate about jazz education and, and, and you know, and, and learning about jazz is, is clear. And I think that, you know, people have very strong opinions about it. There's no doubt that the lack of the big band, um, the lack of... Um, the working band, if you will, the way it was back in the 50s and 60s, you know, has had an impact on the music. And I, I'm sorry for that because I do think that the reason why we're here today uh, dealing with everything that we're dealing with is because of the experience that all of those musicians dealt with in the 40s, 50s, 60s, even 30s, you know, through the into the 70s, you know, and, on, and so on, coming up and learning from the masters and, and, and being on the bus and the, or in the back of a car all over this country playing gigs every night. And unfortunately, that, you know, scene has, has radically changed. I do think, though, that whatever's happening there and the college level particularly you know for jazz seems to be amazing to me and the professional musicians that are teaching at schools are without a question connecting with these people who want to be musicians because as i said the amount of talent and artistry that exists right now for me for pe for people who are in their 20s you know in their 30s is overwhelming i don't really get out in Brooklyn that much at all, but I know that I am missing out on a scene there that I can't even comprehend. And, you know, to, to know what's happening there, to know what's happening in other cities around the country, of course here in Manhattan too, you know, whatever. So I think it's it's huge, and I, and I have to believe that there are a lot of students, musicians, and, and others who are into this music or aware of their friends that are playing this music that are coming out and hearing these bands and going to the clubs that they can afford to go to going to the festivals that they can get to you know that makes sense and are totally supporting this music and i i love that young energy i mean i think it's it has to be there and i think that you know it's uh is it going to be as big as Lollapalooza or bonnaroo no but you know it seems very healthy to me in that sense that there is a young audience that is um you know that's there and i go you know to places and i see it i mean i just see it from my own eyes and you know new york's different than the rest of the country in the world but even in in other cities you know that i've been to in europe particularly you know there's it's there sure you know uh, i want to turn to saratoga in a second but before we do uh, can you tell people where we are right now physically so right now physically we're actually backstage at the town hall in new york city which is a amazingly famous 1500 seat theater um Monk recorded, of course, a very famous record here, I think, in 1959, Mingus, and many others, Odetta. Um, I am producing a Persian folk concert tonight. Uh, there's a famous Iranian uh, singer named Sima Bina, who is um, a woman who has been living, actually, in exile in Germany for about 35 or 40 years now. She's touring America and Canada right now with a group called the Leon Ensemble, which is a, a Persian group based in L.A., and um, I do folk concerts, jazz concerts, blues, world music, singer-songwriters, rock. I do a lot of different things. And I don't really have to compete with Live Nation or AEG Live or any of the big guys. But um, I've been able to carve out a little niche for myself <laughs> and jazz as, as, as the uh, primary vehicle. Um, so here I am tonight backstage here with you in this dressing room that is now our uh, office. And... Um, 
uh, we got the show tonight, so I'm looking forward to it. That's great. Let's talk about uh, this Freihofer Saratoga Jazz Festival. Uh, we kind of paint a picture of uh, where this is uh, for people who may have not have been before, what the environment's like. So the festival takes place at the Saratoga Performing Arts Center, which is um, in Saratoga Springs, about a half hour to 40 minutes north of the New York capital of Albany. So it's about three and a half to four hours north of New York City. Saratoga Performing Arts Center is an incredible space. It's a 5,200-seat amphitheater that was built 40 years ago by the state of New York on New York State Park property. And then it has this massive lawn that goes up on this hill beyond it. And we have a small little stage that we call the gazebo stage out in this field. We have a huge food court plaza. We have a whole merchandise area. We have a big um, crafts tent. We have Borders Books and Music there that uh, does all these CD signings with the artists. And then in the back of this space, this field, if you will, um, there's this huge uh, like catering hall office facility that actually has a fully stocked bar, which people can go to like a beer garden and a bar that people can go and hang out. We actually have uh, masseuses that come from a local massage school up in Saratoga, and they, they give people massages on tables out in the field there. And then beyond that, there's actually a huge, um, amazingly a beautiful swimming pool area um, that the New York State Park built like in the 1920s, I think. And um, so the, the land is amazing. It's uh, there's golf courses there across the road, and uh, all sorts of uh, you know other things going on in the park. But this amphitheater this has been existing, like I said, for 40 years in the, in the park, and they do a lot of rock concerts. It's the summer home of the Philadelphia Orchestra. It's the summer home of the New York City Ballet, and the festival uh, again is now celebrating its 34th year. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful spot. It, you know, there's massive amounts of free parking. We don't charge for parking. We let people bring in tents and tarps and coolers and tables and chairs and really basically set up and do whatever they want. Um, and we do have a few little restrictions, but it's basically pretty loose. And it's it's fantastic. It's a great, great space. And um, there are a lot of people that have been up there for many years who sort of come back as a reunion and then new people that are coming all the time and, and really having a chance to um, be in this idyllic spot you know uh with again with a roof so if it's raining or it gets cool at night because the program goes long we have 5200 seats that are reserved underneath you know this big roof and uh it's a big stage and it's really cool yeah i have friends uh who've been going every year for more than 20 years now to sit in the exact same spot on the lawn you know with the same blanket it's the same four or five people with you know the the drinks and uh, they really they make a hang of it i mean it's yeah uh, every summer they see each other again it's funny you say that because we have a tagline that i came up with a couple years ago that's it's all about the hang and the whole point of that is just like you said that you know people come they have their spot they get there early in the morning when we open the gates they run in they get their spot they see their friends who they haven't seen since last year people set up like christmas lights all all around their umbrellas and tents and they bring uh, lots of like decorations and i just saw a picture on the uh spac facebook page actually of these people that created this huge quilt out of all of their old t-shirts you know, Saratoga Jazz Festival sure. t-shirts. And it looked really cool. And I commented on it. I'm like, oh, that is awesome. You know? <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's a really special festival. I mean, there's a sense of community up there. And we get people that come from a really wide radius of, you know, Canadians, Vermont, Massachusetts, down to 
Maryland and the Carolinas and, you know, Virginia and what have you and out west, you know. So it's it's really uh, a pretty special scene. Yeah, and I, uh, I'm i from Lenox, Massachusetts, where mm. Tanglewood is. Sure. And so that kind of similar hang at Tanglewood is something, you know, my family has done for years and years. And I encourage people who haven't been to an outdoor festival like that. It's really it's, – it's not like any other experience. It's not the same as seeing jazz in clubs. And it's, that's a, this is just a whole different vibe to being outdoors in the sunshine or in the beautiful evening air and, and watching music being performed. Yeah, it is. And I think that, you know, the artists recognize that too. And I think that, you know, from my experiences being up there for as many – over 15 years now – the artists really love playing there. They're very happy usually when they're there. You know, they might not be so happy traveling if they're busy and coming from somewhere else or tired or whatever the case is. But we've had a very cool scene backstage there over the years because the artists get, as they do at every festival, you know, they get to run into their buddies and their friends and colleagues and former bandmates and, you know, maybe for the first time in years and they get to listen to each other and check each other out. And it's definitely a hang for them as well. And it's very social. And um, we... I think being in that area and being on that site, um, I try really hard to run a festival that has a very relaxed feeling to it. So I want the audience and the bands and the production staff to be, you know, as chill as they can be. Like, it's all good. Everything's going to work out. You know, we try to be on time, of course. We try to have great sound and, you know, make sure that the band gear is in place and get the artists up to the CD signings and, you know, whatever. And, you know, have people have a good time out there. So it, it's... um. It's just a special spot, and I've told people this in the past that of all the festivals that I've worked on in my life, all over the world really, Saratoga is just really probably my favorite, if not one of my favorites. It's just um, a really uh, lovely space, and and, and the the audience is really friendly, and um, I don't know, just over the years as I've been working and doing different things, every year when I get up there, I'm just like, yes, thank you. You know, like, I'm so happy I'm here, you know. And that city, too, the Saratoga Springs area, has a ton of restaurants, a ton of bars. It's a really cool hang, you know. It's it's just uh, there's so much going on in that town. And around that area, there's lakes and, you know, mountains. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. So the lineup this year is uh, pretty incredible. Will you tell folks, uh, some of the folks who are going to be there? Well, the festival is uh, also special for me because we have two stages. We have a, this big main stage and we have the small gazebo stage. So we've, over the years, worked very hard to create a very diverse lineup of artists at the festival. There are smooth jazz festivals out there. There are traditional jazz festivals out there. There are avant-garde jazz festivals you know there's there's everything that you could ever imagine depending on who's producing it where it's taking place and what community is but this festival in in a way the way i've always looked at it and and learned you know when i first started working on it it obviously been taking place for a long time and it's something i kind of inherited that we try really hard to, to really offer an amazingly a diverse group of artists because we want the audiences to to check out different things we want artists to have a chance to play in front of a new audience and we want um different types of people to come to the festival we don't want people to feel like oh that's not for me you know we want people to believe and know that this is something that they should want to check out so this year very similar to in the past we have um uh soul r&b jazz different styles of jazz latin music funk um we have brazilian music we have you know, trad jazz, we have uh, African music, you know, a lot of different things. So it's been a very um, fun thing to be able to, um, uh, you know, produce. And so this year, getting to the point, um, 
Dee Dee Bridgewater is returning to the festival for the fifth time. She actually performed at the first festival in 1978. Wow. She just won a Grammy for her Billie Holiday uh, record, so she's going to do that show. Um, Eliani Elias is going to be there with her quartet. She has a new record out. I'll just bust in yep. real quick to say Craig Handy, who's in that, uh, been touring with Dee Dee Bridgewater and that Billie Holiday band, will be, as people are listening to this, on next Monday's show. Oh, cool. So if people want to hear more about that Dee Dee Bridgewater project, uh, check that out. Oh, so, great. Sorry, yeah, Craig's here. awesome. Good morning, heartache, you old gloomy sight. Good morning, heartache, thought we said goodbye last night. I tossed and turned until it seemed you'd gone. But here you are with the dawn. Wish I forget you but you're here to stay it seems I met you when my love went away now each day I start by saying to you good morning heartache what's And uh, Jack DeJanet with his quintet, which is ridiculously cool. Ma- Rudresh, Mahantapan, Alto, uh, Dave uh, Fuzinski on double neck guitar, George Colligan on piano and keys, and uh, Jerome Harris is playing acoustic bass guitar. I first saw them at Birdland when they kind of started the band a year and a half ago, I guess January of, of 10, during the Arts Presenters Conference in New York City. And after the set was over, I basically walked over to Jack. I'm like, you're playing Saratoga next year. Like, done deal. <laughs> Like, just don't go anywhere. Please be around that weekend, you know. Um, it, the band is really, I guess, playing, I think, all of his compositions from his career that he's kind of reworked for this band. Um, and it's killer. I mean, it's just amazing. Lionel Loeke is doing two sets on Saturday with his trio, one on the main stage, one on the uh, small stage. I've got um, Ben Allison, who I love and adore, killer band, um, new album, playing stuff from Neil Young and... And PJ Harvey and and Donny Hathaway and you know and Ben of course is a great composer. Uh, this band's gonna have two guitarists in it, which I'm very excited about. And then Ben's gonna actually do two other things on Saturday. It's called I'm calling it like the Ben Allison Triple Play. So for the first time ever, we're gonna do a Downbeat Magazine blindfold test at Saratoga. Dan Willett is gonna be there. Fantastic writer um, is gonna do something with Ben in front of the audience on the gazebo stage. And then later that afternoon. Um, Ben's actually going to do another set with Steve Cardenas and his trio. Is that with Mark Giuliano? Uh, Rudy Royston. Oh, with Rudy Royston. Nice. Yeah, on, on the gazebo stage. So Ben's going to have Rudy and Steve and his band um, uh, on the main stage. He's going to do the blindfold test with Dan Millette. And then uh, after that, he's going to do CD signings at some point. And then after that, he's going to play with Steve and Rudy uh, as a trio. Um, and then a couple of the other really big things on Saturday – 
uh, for me of that. Um, I'm not actually sure we've said the date at any okay. point in this interview. Let's yeah, make sure we do that. Which right. Saturday you're talking about? <laughs> so the, the Saratoga Freihofer Saratoga Jazz Festival takes place on Saturday, June 25th, and Sunday, June 26th. Thanks. Uh, the festival starts at noon each day. Saturday's program goes until close to 11 p.m., and Sunday's program goes until about 9 p.m. Okay, great. Um, so on Saturday, we also have uh, Hillary Cole, who's you know an incredibly beautiful singer, and just uh, she has such an incredible voice, and um, probably going to do some of her you know her standards and American Songbook stuff up there. Marcus Strickland, awesome saxophone player, very excited to be presenting him as a leader. And uh, one of the big things on Saturday is that George Ween, the creator of the festival, is actually coming back to Saratoga, and he's going to play with his band, which is um, Lou Tobacken, Anat Cohen, Randy Brecker, Howard Alden, Peter Washington, and Lewis Nash. And George is going to be getting an award at Saratoga that day. They just started last year putting in these bronze stars into the plaza there, the cement plaza there, with um, a very you know, important people that have uh, been uh, a part of the great history at SPAC. And George is going to get uh, an, a bronze star with his name on it placed into the cement on Saturday before his set. We're going to do a little ceremony. And then um, he's going to uh, um, uh, play with his band. So I'm very excited about that. George has not played with his band since um, 1997 and um, is uh, um, very excited to come back. I'm honored to have him back, and um, he's been very kind to me about, you know, the fact that I sort of took over the festival and, you know, I've continued to produce it. He's very excited about that and very complimentary. So it's really cool. I mean, it's really a special, special thing for That's me. That's And Sunday, if I can keep going, please. Um, Sunday's going to be really, really cool. Um, the headliner on Sunday is a uh, new program that my friend Danny Capillion, who's a great concert producer, has put together. It's a touring project that he's doing this summer, and we actually have the first American date. It's called Sing the Truth, and it features Diane Reeves, Angelique Kijo, and Liz Wright in one band, all together singing uh, songs from uh, Miriam Akiba. Odetta, Abby Lincoln, 
And I think they're even working on new stuff by like Lauren Hill and Jill Scott and Indy Ari and Originals as well, and many other things. Terry Lynn Carrington is the band leader. Jerry Allen's on piano. James Genus is on bass. Um, I think Romero Lombombo's on guitar. And I can't remember who the percussionist is, but um, um, I'll try to think of it as we're talking. But that is going to be ridiculously cool. I mean, I, I just, the three, they all three women have led their own groups at Saratoga in the past. Diane Reeves has been there many times. Liz Wright's been there quite a few times. And Angelique's been there. And now to have them all together, you know, doing this is going to be really amazing on the same day i have sharon jones and the dap kings <laughs> so i just went for it you know i was like this is going to be girl power you know and like we're going to just do this and i love sharon she's uh, the dap kings are ridiculously fun and exciting and funky and yeah uh, i think the crowd's gonna go nuts and i don't know if i think a lot of people will know who they are and a lot of people won't know who they are I think Sharon's just going to tear it up. So that is going to be amazing. I actually have Tia Fuller on the festival that day also, so there's actually more girl power there. Um, and then I mixed it up a lot, you know, as I always do. I wanted different things. Um, the Bad Plus is going to be on the main stage that day with these other groups I'm talking about. They played Gazebo a number of years ago, and now they're kind of graduating to the main stage, if you will. I have um, uh, Pedrito Martinez, who's an incredible uh, conga player. And he's going to open up the main stage on Sunday and also play Gazebo a little bit later on. He's going to do two sets. And then a special project that I produced um, is going to be with us on Sunday, too. I'm actually producing uh, an official tour of America featuring different musicians who are on the Treme show. Mm. And HBO and I have a deal that Wendell Pierce actually helped put together because I'm a friend of his. And we're doing this tour called A Night in Treme. And so we have um, many different groups and artists doing different dates around the country, depending on who's available and, you know, how this is all playing out. But in Saratoga, that they have Donald Harrison with his sextet. He's got two Mardi Gras Indians with him and Cyril Neville as a special guest. Wow. And so he's going to do a whole New Orleans, you know, blowout, basically. So it's going to be um, Sharon Jones is actually going on before Donald. Donald's going to do his New Orleans thing, and then the Sing the Truth project is going to follow. Well, that'll be a night. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to be <laughs> amazing. I'm very excited about that. And then on the gazebo stage that day on Sunday, um, I have uh, Brian Mitchell, who is uh, the piano player in Levon Helm's band. La I've known him for a while as a musician, but not personally. Last year, I was down at Jazz Fest in New Orleans in 2010, and I went to the House of Blues one night to check out this whole piano night celebration that they That's have like there which the is mecca for yeah, me yeah the best <laughs> brian mitchell was playing in one of the small rooms that night solo i walked in there was like 15 to 20 people there he was ridiculously amazing he played within 20 minutes bebop blues funk soul stride and everything else you could ever imagine you know boogie woogie like it was I could not believe what, what he was doing. Yeah, I actually heard that set on WWOZ oh, yeah. up here in the north, and oh, I was just blown away. God, man. It, it was so musical. Was and great. so after the set, I walked over to him, and I just said, hey, this is who I am. You know, man, you're amazing. I said, where do you live? He said, I live in Brooklyn. I said, you play with Levon. He said, yeah, yeah, I got my own band. And I said, oh, really? You know, so I took his number. And a few months later, I called him, and I said, look, I don't know if you remember me. And he, he did. And I said, you got to – I need you to come to Saratoga. You know, so he is. He's coming, and he's bringing, like, I think a five-piece band. I'm really excited because I think it's going to, you know, give a little bit of a different edge to the festival. Sure. And um, 
he's somebody that needs to be heard. You know, I mean, he just needs to be as a leader. You know, I think it's important. You know, for for producers to be able to do that. Uh, David Binney is going to be there. Amazing alto saxophone player. Somebody who I really um, admire a lot. I think he's um, really forged his own path and has really been a very focused, um, you know, musician throughout his career and, and really kind of did his thing. Um, really, you know, steadfastly kind of stuck to what he, he's he's been doing. Um, I love his tone. I, I think he's got an incredible approach to the horn. So I'm, I'm really honored, actually, to present Benny up there. It's somebody who I've wanted to uh, have up there for, for a while. And then there's this super young drummer named Matt Slocum, who I guess he's from Wisconsin, maybe. I'm not really sure. But he came to New York a couple years ago, and he sent me this CD totally cold You know, last year. It was a little late for the festival last year, but I was still sort of booking. But I listened to it, and he, I thought it was incredible. Mostly all originals. You know, He's a really, really great composer. So I called him, and I told him, look, I got to tell you, man, like your CD is great. And you're like of the 10 gazebo artists that I have on this festival. You're like the 11th. So I said, I don't think I'm going to book you this year, but please stay in touch with me and let's look at 2011. So we did. And then I went to one of his gigs here in the city um, in, you know, early winter, maybe late fall. And the band was great. I mean, they just were fantastic. And he actually wrote all this new music that he's, I think, just recorded or recording now. I think the record might be out before the festival or just about now. And um, so I, I, the next morning I called him. You know, literally, it's the kind of thing, you know, where I, you just feel like this guy needs to be heard. You know, like I want to do something for this guy. And the gazebo stage offers me that opportunity to um, to introduce these new artists and to give them, you know, cool gigs. Last year, Kendrick Scott's band played up there. It was the first gig Kendrick Scott has ever done as a leader outside of New York City. And I didn't know that when I booked him. I just love him so much. And then later on, he told me, by the way, you know, this is the first gig I'm ever going to lead outside of the city. I was like, wow. You know, so Slocum's going to be there um, with his group. And uh, Rebecca Kufranks, who's, you know, just an incredible trumpet player, has been around for a long time. And, uh, you know, I really like her a lot. And I just, you know, felt very strongly to, that I wanted her to to be at the festival this year. And it's hard because I could book a thousand artists. Sure. I mean, you know, the lists I, I, I could show you on my computer. I mean, the lists I have are ridiculously long and it's just like, where do I even start and where, how do you stop? And you just try to pick a really diverse roster of artists who are all worthy. Sure. You know, and I will, uh, I'll put show notes in the show notes for this episode, links to all of the people that you mentioned who've been on the jazz session. So if folks want to hear more about them, they can go and listen to those interviews too. And of course they can visit the festival's website and, uh, and learn more. Um, as we, uh, come to a close here, this is a, a, probably a question that's as difficult for you as it would be for me, but are there some moments either from Saratoga or other thing, other festivals you've been involved in that, that kind of stick out for you as moments where you said, wow, I'm, I'm exactly where I need to be in my, my yeah, life right now. Yeah, wow. I mean, there's so many. Um, I, uh, I'm just trying to like come up with a couple of really sweet stories if I can, or just spots. I went to Japan 
four times with festival productions, working on some festivals there. And um, there were moments there particularly which which the festival that I worked on in Matarao, which no longer exists, was on the west coast of the main island of Japan in, in, in a town called Matarao, which is near the Naga- in the Nagano prefecture where the Olympics, the Nagano Winter Olympics took place at a ski resort. So the festival, the stage was on the bottom of the hill and the audience sat up along the hill like so that they were sort of above, you know, looking down a little bit on the stage and like created a natural bowl there, of course. And that site is was so idyllic and just so incredibly um, beautiful. And something about that site and about the music that we we presented there over the years, you know, I have great memories of Carnegie Hall, great memories of Saratoga and, and so many other things. But in Matarao, Joe Zaunall was there with us one year. I mean, killing, just completely and totally as funky as you could ever want that band to be. Bobby Thomas was on percussion at the time and, and um, G- Gerald Veasley on bass, just monstrous. But we had Betty Carter there with um, Chris Thomas on bass, Clarence Penn on drums, and Cyrus Chestnut on piano. And she played a set, man, that was like just mind-blowing because she was so powerful and so strong and she was so such a leader in the way she whipped those guys on these songs, like snapping her fingers, you know, and just like cutting her hand across. And Cyrus was looking at her, watching her. His eyes were bulging out of his head. And these guys were young. I mean, this was, I'm talking about like 92, 93, you know, um, one of the great memories I have of Monterau was Gil Evans orchestra. I think it was 94, uh, Hiram Bullock on guitar, Mm. barefoot, wailing like a mother yeah diving off the stage wireless running through the crowd up this hill around this you know crowd this japanese crowd just soloing like a madman and finding his way back to the stage at the perfect moment where he actually like rolled up on his back on onto the stage exactly when the band was like coming back in (laughs) to like finish the tune basically you know just like oh my god you know um yeah, so a lot of great memories, uh, you know, a lot of amazing music, and um, just been uh, really, really, I think, very fortunate. And it's really to be able to sit on the side of the stage or be on the stage and looking out at the audience and seeing how happy, you know, people are when they get to hear Dave Brubeck or, um, you know, we had Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones up in Saratoga recently, returned to Forever when they first reunited two years ago. And so uh, it's really cool, you know. It's really special, and it's it's uh, you know it's it, I feel it's important too because I think that it's an it's an idea that people are coming together in this one place where they might never be together otherwise, from many different walks of life, different jobs, different economic backgrounds, different philosophies about politics, different religion, different whatever. And they there's something about the music that brings them together, mm-hmm. and. Um, creates an environment that is just uh really what life should be all about all the time you know and so that that's really why i do it and it's it's fantastic well that's a beautiful place to end it my guest is danny melnick he's the producer and artistic director of the fryhofer saratoga jazz festival tell folks the dates again the dates are saturday and sunday june 25th and 26th up at saratoga performing arts center in upstate new york uh the website is spac s-p-a-c dot org and uh, my company's absolutely live. And uh, thanks for listening. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much.
My thanks to Danny Melnick for his time talking about the Saratoga, the excuse me, the Fryhoffers Saratoga Jazz Festival. As a kid, I grew up in Western Mass eating Fryhoffer chocolate chip cookies. The just saying the name of that festival makes me hungry. I cannot tell a lie. Anyway, thanks to Danny, and uh, make sure to check out the show notes of this episode for links to interviews with all of the artists who are appearing at the Saratoga Jazz Fest who also have been on this show. Please do become a member of the Jazz Session. It's easy, it's cheap, it's fast, and it ensures that the show will continue. Looking for 100 members by the 300th show, and the 300th show is just 21 shows away. The, the clock is counting down, kids. We're, there's no cutting of the red wire on this one. It's just we either get 100 members by the 300th show or this four-and-a-half-year experiment comes to an end. So please become a member. And if you're already a member, and that only applies to a small group of you, if you're already a member, tell a friend. Don't just tell them. Browbeat them. That would be my preferred method of your telling them. I would prefer that you strong-arm them in some fashion, uh, maybe with those photos you have into becoming a member of the Jazz Session. Okay? Thank you. And now, assuming you've just done that, just become a member, turn off all this electronic stuff, and get out there in the actual flesh-and-blood world and support some real live jazz whenever and wherever you can. And then come back next time for another conversation about jazz on the Jazz Session. Bye. Bye. Bye.